0: Hey guys, welcome to the I hope you hear this podcast and we have Suji Lee on with me and she talks to us about her life. She walks us through growing up in a pretty traditional household with three younger siblings, the youngest of whom is 11 years younger than her. When she dabbled in Christian counseling, when she was part of a global team that was planning a global conference that got canceled due to COVID. and. Her latest project, the voicemail project that she's been working on with her partner, Lydia. And yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And we have another special guest with us today. Um, she's actually a very close friend of my wife. Um, I would classify you as kind of a mentor friend to to Shirley Um, so and uh, from all the things I hear about you I mean we've met but I feel like I know you way more through my wife because you guys are just Mm -hmm. that much closer and from what I know of you um, you seem like a very thoughtful person Um, so I'm really excited to have you on Uh, thank you for being on the podcast Suji welcome
1: yes thank you I am It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, David, for inviting me.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, I wanted to uh, capture your story today. But there are a few things that along the way I think will be very interesting to kind of go deep into. But we'll, we'll do that as they come up. But can you just start by yeah, just telling us kind of where you were born, where you grew up, and kind of how your life was early childhood?
1: Yeah, Um. so um i guess my name is suji lee i am currently in uh i guess the suburbs of atlanta so in swanee and i was born in seoul south korea and when i was about one and a half years old so very baby came to the states um with my uh, parents and i'm the oldest out of four so it was just me at the time all my younger siblings were actually born in the u.s so i was the only one born in um, Korea. And so came here and I basically grew up in the Suwannee area. We were in Norcross for some time. So in Georgia, and, um, I actually went to Suwannee elementary. So I did, mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to Suwannee elementary from second to fifth, and then went to the middle school and high school that follows after. So I went to Lanier and then Hull for my middle school and then went to um, Peachtree Ridge High School for my high school days. And I think growing up um, how I was, I I would say I was probably a good child. Mm. Um, And I don't know if that kind of came with the responsibility as being the oldest out of four. And um,
0: what's the age difference between all you and all your siblings?
1: Yeah. Age difference. Okay, so I'm the oldest, and the next youngest. There's a huge age gap. So, me and my sister Nancy, she is uh, five years younger than me, and then um, and then after her is an, um, my sister Elizabeth, and they're a year apart, the two sisters. And then after that, five years below Elizabeth is George, my young my youngest brother, and wow. me and uh, my youngest brother. George, he and I are 11 years apart. so we have a huge age, he just entered college. So he moved into Georgia Tech like a week ago and he just started school this week. Yeah, it's a huge gap. Um, So I think for a while I was an only child for like five years and then I started having siblings and uh, learn to be with them interact with them and also i think we played a lot together and i would like shower them mm. <laughs> teach them how to do like those basic things which um i think those are fun so we always have a lot of good time um
0: did like you, you know when you're with your like...
1: siblings yeah oh sorry uh, did I'll you
0: say... ever feel like you were um like an only child in a sense because the age since the like, age gap is so big yeah. Uh, I mean at least your sisters kind of they have they have their they have each other with mm-hmm. only one years apart mm-hmm. um, Did you ever feel like you were kind of a secondary mom or? Anything
1: I bad? think so um, mm-hmm. I don't know that about it being an only child because I always Picture myself with all of them together um, mm-hmm. but there is that uh, role that I have to play and like there's always this thing where I can't look weak or like I have to know it all and like have everything put together Mm. just because I know that they're looking up to me and that's how I think my parents or maybe more so my mom would put it because I have younger siblings that and I am much older too and so they um, she wants me to be kind of that figure for them and um, yeah I think um, yeah I don't know about so much being the only child but just really old (laughs) old compared to them
0: so i'm curious about your relationship with your youngest brother though because Mm -hmm. 11 years that's very significant right yeah you absolutely remember when he was born like you probably know his entire life um so how does that kind of compare to your relationship with your sisters
1: i think out of all of us I probably have, um, I don't know my brother as closely as my sisters probably know my brother, and I don't know my brother as closely as I know my sisters. And I don't know if it's also a, a gender thing too, because I guess it's with sisters, and plus they're closer in age, um, it's easier. Um, mm-hmm. But with that age, I think it's always been a little bit more difficult because it's a generation gap too, um, mm-hmm. and even like when we even communicate like today, like current day, um, the way that he talks is very like, I don't know. There's Is it slang or like it's just the lingo that yeah. <laughs> um, he has and that's how all his friends talk too. Mm-hmm. And so I think the relationship there is a little bit more difficult. So I don't think I know my brother as much as I want to. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that I'm working on right now. It's like, how can I... Um, approach him more like a sister because I think I have been more of that mom figure where I'm mm-hmm. more taking care of it taking care of it and nagging on him and so I don't know actually how to be that older sister that he may want me to be for him interesting um, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, wow mm-hmm. hey, 11 years that yes. Just blows my mind yeah wow. okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> so how did it make you feel when he yeah. started college
1: Weird, Um, just, I can't believe he's already 18 years old. And um, in my head, and even my sisters too, uh, we, I think we're trying to be his mom almost in a sense, Mm -hmm. like, because we've been through college, because all my sisters have graduated and they just started working too. And so we have that um, step out in the, I guess, real world and Um, yeah, I, I feel like we tell him these things that he can figure out on his own, but we're just unnecessarily telling him just because we know better because we're a step ahead of them, ahead of him. And so I, yeah, I, I feel like, (laughs) yeah, um, yeah, I I, yeah.
0: so I, I wanted to ask you then one thing about because you you mentioned how you guys kind of take care of him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have this thought that when like younger siblings tend to be more dependent in terms of their personality. they just tend tend to depend on other people more and my theory is that it happens because older siblings go through things without really anybody showing them. How to do those things especially for korean americans like us like when i'm sure when you first started college you had to figure out how to do like your fafsa forms all your applications Mm -hmm. all those kind of things by yourself right Mm -hmm. but your brother he has three other people um in the same generation who are able to guide him and you know take him through all that do you do you feel like that's a a real thing or am i just making this up
1: I, I think it is a real thing because be, I think growing up as the oldest and when I went to, I guess when I first started elementary school here, I had to go to ESOL because I didn't even know how to speak English that well because I didn't have, my parents were talking to me in Korean, so I didn't really learn English until I went into school.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was kind of paving the path in that way where I had to learn English from at school, not in a family setting, and I think when you have younger siblings, because I will be talking to them in English, and um, so they kind of get that um, help, natural help, and I think that just flows um, as you as we all grow older, um, because I think the oldest does pave the way for the youngest to follow, and so it's natural for them to look up, and I think that's what's been happening, and. I think because I've even went to, um, I guess, I went to school here at Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. I think even that is very ideal for my younger siblings. So they've kind of followed me in the engineering path because that's what I studied in college. And so I have myself and then my sister who studied engineering and then my brother is now studying engineering. So they just followed that. and There isn't much of a variety. It's very like... Cookie cutter, and they're just following me just like that. And I don't want—I don't know if they're following me per se, or if that's really what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it is a real thing. uh, It—it just happens to look like that. That the younger ones in the family, they can have the help from the older ones, and I think it should be like that. I don't think Mm -hmm. we should just throw them out there. Um, but I think there needs to be a good balance because I don't think we can baby them. And I think that's where the spoiling and and the, I guess, um, the babying term comes from. Um, and you kind of uh, spit spit out those uh, name calling to them. Because <laughs> that's what happens, I think. And I don't know if that's something that happened between you and, uh, I guess you have an older brother, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. So
1: <laughs>
0: because... my older brother is only two years older than me but Mm -hmm. he he did do a lot of the paving for me he um when we when i started applying colleges and things like that he was right there helping me and um a lot of the household things especially because my parents didn't speak english he Mm -hmm. took care of Mm -hmm. Um, but i realized that my biggest kind of stretch of growth was when he actually left so he first Mm -hmm. went to a different state to go to law school and then after that, he moved to Korea. He's still in Korea now. He has a wife. He has kids and all that. So oh. he's pretty much settled in Korea. But yeah. during that time, my parents could no longer, you know, rely on my brother. So they came, mm-hmm. started coming to me, and that's when I started learning like simple life skills, like mm. you know, calling the telephone company, like the <laughs> cell phone company, to like make changes or you know things like that. Like yeah. I never had to do that because. My brother would always take care of it and yeah
2: um
0: and that that's experiencing that is what got me to start thinking about it you know it was like i was crippled because my brother was <laughs> helping me so much
1: so is uh, it like as as the older sibling should we just let them be i don't know i guess i'm learning no, that's, so, but,
0: but that's that's an interesting thing too because i'm really grateful that my brother took Mm -hmm. care of so many things you know and i think there might even be a little resentment Mm. if he didn't do those things do you know what i mean Mm. so okay i I think you're right that there there needs to be a a fine balance but i think there also is a a releasing point at at one point Mm. in one's life i think you should kind of let go and say well you go in and try these things that have been done for you all these times yeah yeah
1: And, and one more thing as the oldest too if we let like, for example, if I let my brother make a phone call mm-hmm. to, I guess, the telephone company, I don't think I would trust him to do it right either. That's another <laughs> thing. So yeah. we might as well just do it because we know how to do it and we've done it before. So there's that, like, trust issue there, too. It's like, can I trust them? Can I trust them to get the best discount? Whatever, whatever. So mm. there's a lot of that, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting dynamic because yeah. even the parents, yeah, like, they're... Like, my parents, for example, their level of trust for me had to grow over time. Like, mm-hmm. when my brother left initially, yeah. they were still calling him. Like, he lived in Philly at the time, but they were still calling him to, like, say, can you take care of this, take care of mm. that? Um, and it wasn't for a little bit. So, like, I think my parents even didn't have that trust in me. Um, mm. And I'm sure my brother didn't either. But. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you were mentioning that um, all your... Sister studied engineering as well. You you studied in electrical engineering, right? Yeah,
1: I studied electrical engineering, and then Nancy, my uh, sister right under me, she it, she studied civil engineering, okay. and then Elizabeth, um, she studied financial planning. So she studied, um, I guess, business. Mm-hmm. Um, And she went to UGA here. So we were all in Georgia. too. So none of us did something crazy and went out of state or went out of the country. We were all just right down the street. Um, And then my brother, um, he's going into the chemical engineering direction. I don't know if that's going to stick with him. Mm -hmm. But that's what he said he wanted to do in the recent days. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's surprising.
0: (laughs) Are you concerned at all about um, him being on campus with the pandemic going on?
1: Yeah, so he was, we just had dinner together um, um, and my mom went and picked him up and this is what he said. He said, I bet you in two weeks they're going to send all the students back home. That's what he said. And so I don't think it's the safest environment and even he he feels that. Um, and I think that one thing is just students... Um, I don't know how much students in general, and because, you know, just like our country, we just have more of the individualistic mindset. So people choose to do what they want to do. And so I think there's a lot of that more so on campus with all the other students. And you have your friends that come from other, um, I guess, campuses or schools, wherever they are, and a lot of guests. So I think there's, there's just so many moving parts there. Um, so I don't think it's the best, even how he feels. And mm-hmm. even when he was home, he was trying to wear his mask to protect us. But, you know, how much can um, can that do? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I yeah, I think we all feel a little bit worried and just hesitant um, yeah. as the whole world is. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's tough.
1: It is. It is.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, oh. th- this, getting back to your story, Um, you d- is there anything you want to mention leading up to college that? Kind of defined your life or any experiences that left an indelible mark uh,
1: i think honestly up until college my life was just very neutral um mm. i think if anything it's just a studious person all throughout um, just very like a good child you would say mm. Um, mm. Uh, good relationship with teachers and if i need help i would always go early um, so I, I, I mean, there were probably like a couple huge, um, I guess points in my life that left like a mark in those years, but I think more of the, um, events, um, turning point events happened later on college, post-college, and especially with my faith too, that kind of grew in the college, post-college days. Um, cause I think if I think about it now, Maybe I had taken academics as like my main thing. Mm. And so I only focused on that. And I think through hindsight, if I look at it, maybe that was something that I idolized at the time. But as I Mm. went into college and had my moments there, I realized like, whoa, I depended on my grades, you know, things like that. So um, I think, yeah, up until college, it was just a very just stable, stable years. Yeah. And then college hit and then you're just kind of exposed to something completely new, new friends, new environment, and then going, moving out of college and going into the workplace. Um, yeah, just a lot of variability all over. So, I don't
0: know, yeah. So what do you think was the sparking, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Genesis for uh, your realization into realizing oh academics was something that was this big in my life. Mm. Like what sparked that?
1: Yeah. Um so with um maybe David you're familiar with this too. Um co oping in college. Mm-hmm. So co oping is when you do uh, it's kinda like an internship but you alternate from going to school to work, school to work, you do that three times. So three semesters are at the same workplace. And so I started co oping my sophomore year, second semester. And I was living at home because I came back home to work. And that's when I that's when that turning point hit because I wasn't at school doing school studying I was actually for the first time working away from studying and i had more free time and so i think i didn't know what to do with that free time i was like what do i do with my free time um and i just remember because i was um a member of um church Mm -hmm. um evergreen church evergreen presbyterian church i was going back then and i think because i had so much time to myself there was more time spent with church members, um, and just being at church and even with serving too. And I think that is when I believe for the first time I out of my own will opened up the Bible at home. I think for the really long time I just attended service,
2: yeah.
1: received the message. We did Bible study at church, but then for the first time out of my own will, on my own, I was I was sitting down, and I opened up the Bible to read for myself for the first time. It was because I had the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And I started picking up just other, I guess, faith-based books and just had a lot of that moment to myself. And that's when I experienced the Word truly transforming my life, which at the time I couldn't tell. But I think if I look back, I'm like, whoa something was changing in me that I didn't even know. And so I think when I was away from school, right, away from academics, all the classes, all the studying, even friends too, um, and when I had that time to myself, that's when that occurred to me. And I think that's how God was probably working in me at the time. Hmm. And yeah, I'm actually very thankful (laughs) for that time. And since then, I think my journey into faith has really progressed gradually over mm-hmm. the years. Um, so yeah, I would say that's the genesis. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then uh, one of the kind of big topics I wanted to hit on with you was your uh, studying of Christian counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, did this happen soon after that realization or is that like way down the way down the road?
1: Oh, way later. Um, I think a lot of my college years were just building the foundation of my faith because i I grew up in the church but um but it was just being surrounded by i guess christian people and then um it wasn't it wasn't my own like pursuit of god it was just me doing the day-to-day christian things Mm. right and then when i got to college and had that i guess genesis moment uh, when I was co-oping, it was a very gradual thing. It wasn't like a life changing, 180 degree changing moment for me. It was from then on, I don't know, God was slowly working in my heart. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I was also part of a campus ministry at the time too. And just really, um, cause they're all about discipleship. So just really growing in faith together um, in the community on campus too. And then um, I actually got into Christian counseling, um, the, the thought occurred to me probably around 2016-ish, and then actually did something about it in 2017, and or maybe it was like 2015. It occurred to me, it was like one of those shower thoughts. <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: And then it just evolved for two years, and then actually did something about it. So um, what
0: did that first initial thought look like? Was it just... Oh, hey, Christian counseling or like what what was it that oh, led it was
1: more like it wasn't Christian counseling at all. it was mm-hmm. more like uh therapy or like psychology. It started as more of a a, a general and a broad and maybe secular maybe I can say mm-hmm. um I didn't even put the Christian part until way later that came um afterwards, but it was just like a moment I was just taking a shower and I was like oh my goodness I am very interested in just how people think and um, how maybe even how the brain works um, and um, just the behaviors human behaviors and just that psychology realm and that I think it just I was interested in those things and then it came out to be like oh maybe I could pursue something like psychology, maybe try, um, attempting that, um, career pathway. Because at this point I was in my, um, I was in engineering. I was, um, in the workplace. That's what I was doing. Um, and so for me to take that shift would be, it'd be like a pivot, a huge pivot. Right. So it, just birthed like that it was just a thought it didn't go anywhere I just kind of wrote it down in my journal and be like oh I had this thought and Mm -hmm. I just kind of thought through I wrote down um the thinking process (laughs) um which was just basically oh this is what I'm interested in Mm -hmm. and this field seems to match up to that you know just very logical putting Mm -hmm. it together connecting the dots and then I think um when I have those thoughts, you tend to talk about it with people. you right. share it, and then um people give their feedback what they think on it, and be like, "Hey, have you thought of this?" you know and I think i think even I don't know about earlier on, but at least in the maybe college days I've had those i had people tell me like, "Have you ever considered counseling hmm. i don't I think it has to do with um maybe my curiosity and the way that I ask questions i don't know um but people have shared things like that and i've brushed it for a while i -hmm. was like okay cool um but just moved on but i think it was kind of coming a rely uh reality later on and i was like oh why haven't i considered that if people are telling me that this is something that i could be good at then why didn't i think about it more and so those thoughts started coming back to And then it became a little bit more serious, probably, um, I guess, yeah, it got to a point where I I was like, should I just go get my master's, get my doctorate in therapy counseling? I don't know how to do that, but Mm -hmm. let me try it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I started talking to various people and one of the uh, person that brought up Christian counseling was um, at the time, our church pastor and his wife. I'm close with um, his wife, Esther, mm. and she has a huge sp- spiritual influence over my life. And she mentioned like, hey, have you ever considered like Christian counseling or biblical counseling? And that's the first time that someone has ever said that, right? Mm. And then that just kind of opened another, <laughs> uh, I-, I guess, huge door for me to look into. And that's when I did some research and, um Yeah, I think it just kind of started going into that direction of me um, wanting to pursue that even more. The more that I think about it, the more I pray about it. And um, the first time I thought about even going into seminary, I think that's a. Oh, wow. Yeah, that never even crossed my mind until I was like, oh, okay, maybe you can pursue something like that through seminary. They offer um, Christian or biblical counseling in seminary. So. Yeah, it's taken me that far. And then I signed up for classes, which again, that's like, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, it just, that was like a long thought process over maybe two years. Mm. And then finally letting it become something. Mm. Um, yeah, I even applied, tried to apply to seminary. Like mm. I made an account and tried to go in. Um, I think one of the biggest things that helped me to decide was I went to a, Counts, biblical counseling conference. I think that helped because that kind of tells you um because the types of people that come to see mm-hmm. if I um I guess I if I fit fit well within that um crowd of people because it's not like a huge passion conference. It's mm-hmm. not like very um um like f- full of lights and you know just big and loud. So none of that is just hymns and very, um, like, quiet. And you can tell all the people that are there are, like, counselors themselves or they just have that very, like, um, listening spirit. I couldn't explain it, but I just felt kind of right at that level. Um, and also, you know how I was saying, growing up, I was just very neutral and just mm. kind of, like, I don't know if it's reserved, but just, just there's just the slow paced rhythm, and that's what I felt at that conference. And I think that was a, another step, like a big step into like, okay, maybe this is something that I really want to get into. Hmm. Um, and then months down, I was able to just sign up for some classes nothing, nothing like a degree or anything, just a few classes, and you could get like a certification. Just of completion, not mm-hmm. that it's gonna allow me to actually counsel someone
0: right.
1: um, yeah officially so
0: so yeah. then let me ask what is the difference between like Christian counseling mm-hmm. and i guess secular counseling is Is there a big difference between the two
1: I guess the big difference is well i'm not i'm not I, I don't know if I can even answer that correctly, okay. but what I think is Christian counseling, we point always back to the truth. So Jesus is always central. But I think with secular counseling, there's a lot of the self. It's very like Um, self-help-ish. And I I don't actually know much about secular counseling or secular um, therapy or um, psychology or any of that. But at least with biblical counseling, it's more related to like discipleship and Mm. like healing of the heart and things like that. So.
0: So how many did you end up getting the certificate or? Did...
1: Yeah, I So initially I planned to. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote out my schedule, um, how many I need to take to complete the certification. Um, but as I was taking classes, because I thought I would be taking two classes back to back every semester for like two years. Right. Yeah. But I think that was my ambitious heart. Uh And when I was taking them, I think I was pretty... I think he just showed me a lot of things and it Mm -hmm. brought out back my... Remember my academicness that part? So I think he had to like take me back and like break that down. Again, it's like the point of it is not to hurry up and finish these classes as soon as you can. That's not the point. And so what I've come to conclude is just take it step by step. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I haven't completed... the certification it's five classes i've taken four but how that's been happening was um just every semester i would pray like god like do you want me to take another course the following semester so it's just walking with him in it so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a goal i set and i chased after it but just walking with him like if there are other things that he wanted me to prioritize, then I would put that aside and focus on other things. And yeah, it wasn't about getting it done as soon as possible. And I had to learn that because doing school and full time job is so hard. I remember the first semester, I like, I had no life. (laughs) I just studied totally different from engineering. It's like all reading and like processing and reflecting on what you're reading and then you have to write there's a lot of writing which is very different from any engineering course any mathematical course that I took in college so um yeah I felt really judged (laughs) because you get judged on your thoughts and your reflection right and then at school it was more of a right or wrong thing so yeah that was hard too every time I received a grade it's like reflection of like It was actually, like, what I, my thoughts, like, I was, I felt like I was getting judged. So, I think that was one thing I had to learn, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so
0: you're actually still in, in the middle of it?
1: Right now, no. um, the last class that I took was, um, a last, so 2019 spring was the last time I took a class. Yeah. And then... I had thoughts of it taking it this year, but um, a lot of things happened this year, so I think it didn't. I didn't um, take the last class. Gotcha. And the last class is more of a practical thing, too, where you practice it in the church, in the context of a church. Um, hmm. I don't know what that actually looks like. I haven't taken it, but it was a two credit class compared to a three, so more of the application part of it. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm not taking one right now.
0: (laughs) Do you feel like um, in the courses that you've already taken, do you feel like they've equipped you to, I don't know, be a better discipler or anything like that? Like, Do you find use in in the knowledge that you've gained from these classes?
1: Um, You know, I think I first delved into these classes so that I could... Like to, I guess to learn, right? To mm-hmm. gain knowledge and um, what is biblical counseling, that kind of stuff. But I think through these classes, more than me learning to try to help and counsel others, I think it was more for God to counsel my own heart. And I think, wow. Um, and I say this because, again, going back to my academics and the way that I was brought up, I think this was the way that probably God knew me best that he can, um, I guess, pull and and um, bring out the things in my heart that he wanted to deal with. And mm. um, so for I think more than it being a help for others, it was for me to receive the help and the counsel that I needed. And God was using these courses to do that, which is, Very strange but even when we're doing like projects it would be like sin and grace project or something like that Hmm. and then you would pick um, something in your life and you would have to really pray through it you would be reflect you know there's so many steps to it and so it was more of counseling myself but it makes sense because you have to be helped to in order to help others and I think that's a big part of counseling too. like if you yourself haven't received help then how can you help other people around you? Right. So, yeah. no I. Sure, I've read, <laughs> I've learned a lot, and I think scripture-wise too, um, understanding the whole full-blown like biblical story, in that way. So the found, my foundations have been more solidified through them. But yeah, more than anything, I think my heart has been helped <laughs> through these classes, and I think that's the way that God maybe intended. So it wasn't all about me trying to hurry up and get these courses out of the way so that I can do something about it. I think he just wanted me to walk in it with him so that he can, um, work in my heart and help my heart so that maybe, um, we can bear fruit later.
0: <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. Wow. So then in, in the last however many years, it's kind of a sporadic, whenever you feel God leading you to take classes, you take classes. Yeah. Yeah. So um then where does the, the bam stuff fit in? Cuz that's another topic mm. I wanted to
1: talk about. Hmm. Okay. With bam um which which stands for business as mission um how I even came across that which for example for what business as mission is um is just Business using business as a means to reach people and to um, spread um, the gospel. That's the whole point of BAM. Um, and for me, before I even came across BAM, I think I was more gung-ho about businesses. So um, just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a passion for business, but I just love the fact that you can Create a business, like um, like, run it, employ people, just the whole idea of business, like allocating the correct, like um, uh, the right amount of like money, time, all the different resources, just something about a business is just, I'm so drawn to and business and I think discipleship are probably two big things that I just kind of, my heart lights up when I think about those things and I think that's BAM is just both of those put together, and yeah. so it was honestly just a simple Google search for me because I like to just online, um, just surf the web,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just discipleship business just click around, you know. And I came across BAM business as mission. I was like, "What is this?" And apparently, it's been around for a while, and I think people do know about it. If I bring it up to people here and there, and so it's it's out there. And it was just like a moment of discovery for me. I was like, oh my goodness, Hmm. like something already exists out there and my heart is totally for this the vision of this um, organization. And it just felt like BAM put into words like what I was feeling in my heart. So it Hmm. it just felt so, (laughs) I don't know. It was just a, a moment of like, Wow! Oh my goodness, I'm not the only one. There's like actually a huge movement out there, Um, and so I came across BAM like that, and um, I subscribed to their email, uh, their newsletters, and you just get like weekly newsletters um, with updates on what all that organization is happening, and it was just like that, just slow and steady. Um, There was nothing much, and then maybe like months and months down the line, um, they were looking for someone to hire for a global conference that they were putting together. Mm -hmm. And I just on a whim, like emailed them like, Hey, I'm interested. Um, can I, um, like, is this part-time full-time? Like, can I have more information? And I just threw it out there. And then long story short, it just happened to work out. And I just Ended up becoming their event registrar for this global conference that they're going to put together, wow. um, and so that just—I don't know if how that happened really. Um, I maybe it was just a little bit of God's favor there, um, mm. but it just happened so um, I, I, naturally. I didn't—it's so, uh, not forced. It just happened to was come. Was there way. like a yeah.
0: interview process or anything like that?
1: Not really. They asked for my resume. I sent them my resume. Um, and there was some emails back and forth. And maybe over a span of like three months, um, they said, oh, I think the big thing is is they're asking about a stipend, um, mm-hmm. whether um, you would need to be paid or not. And I said, to be honest, I don't want, I don't need to be paid. I'm actually more, interested about this organization that I think that's that's my um, whole purpose of just wanting to work with um, work with you guys and so I think that helped a lot Mm -hmm. and yeah they just brought me on board and I I don't think it was an interview it was just like asking some questions to see um, like where um, I guess my schedule so it wasn't an interview it was like they Mm -hmm they i guess offered me in a sense and then we had a conversation afterwards and then it happened to work out and then um yeah that's how it began and we ha- signed a some sort of like a year contract or something hmm. um uh it's it- called pro bono work yeah so like a more of gotcha. a voluntary type of work yeah
0: so when did when was when did that happen like when you like signed the contract when was that
1: um so if I, so to put some dates to make mm-hmm. it more clear, let's say like January was when I on a whim just emailed them um, mm-hmm. and applied. And then maybe like March was the offer. And then maybe mm-hmm. the contract came sometime like end of April to May. Yeah. Gotcha. So it happened, what, five months? So it wasn't a quick thing. It was extended for a Five, yeah, I guess this was like five months long. Um, Wait,
0: so. so it happened January of this year?
1: January of 2019. And so gotcha. the global conference was supposed to be in March 2020, which got postponed to next year. So I never got to go.
2: Oh man. Um,
1: yeah, that was quite a big bummer. And it was a large decision because we already had 400 plus people already registered and paid. Wow. Right? And so as the event registrar, like you have all these funds on you and people are asking for refunds now (laughs) and canceling. And so we've had like a hundred or so people cancel. So there was a lot of that. Um, But yeah, it was, it was very sad. I really was looking forward to meeting the team members because we're a global team. People are everywhere. Um, And oh, the global conference is supposed to be in Thailand too. And so the ticket was already Booked and everything. So I had to go in and cancel that. So there was a lot of administrative tasks and things needed to be done to help with that.
0: So, Um, and this is something that you did on top of your day job, right? Like you didn't have to quit your full-time job, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I did tell them if, if I need to prioritize my work or if there's overlapping things that I will need to focus on work and they were totally understanding of that. And they would mm. want me to do that. So they were well aware. And I think most of us um, on this team, the core team, they had full time jobs or gotcha. they were in full time ministry or some vocational ministry type um, work. Gotcha. So, so mm-hmm.
0: business as a mission, mm-hmm. um, the idea of that, the abstract idea of that, I understand. But the organization,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like,
0: what is it that, that you guys do?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. Um, so, I th- I'm... Okay, so I, business as mission is... It's a subset. I don't know if that's the right word. Under YWAM. So, it's actually okay. YWAM is the bigger umbrella. And then mm-hmm. underneath there is a business as mission sector. Um, and so, it's under that. And... Uh, And I think with YWAM, it's a big missions organization. And so business as missions is also very missions oriented. But I think the part that makes it different is the business aspect. And so even with this global conference, there will be people from all over the world um, who own kingdom businesses, who have whatever that business may be. It could be Mm -hmm. anything from... I don't know selling coffee to owning some sort of a consulting firm I don't know it could be it could look in so many different ways but um, what this goal I don't I can't really say much into the actual business as missions organization but I can speak more into the global conference because that's where I was helping um, out but it's like that conference the point of that was to resource all the people who are BAM practitioners per se and and it's for everyone really, it could be for pastors, it could be for um, any leaders, business leaders, um, the background is very even students too, um, educators too. Um, so it was a place where we can all come and be resourced and just be empowered and probably have a lot of speakers that come and talk about, um, I guess, them them they themselves as band practitioners so i can't really speak much into the details of it because i wasn't there and Mm -hmm. i was hoping to learn more about that as i was at the conference and um yeah and so that was one of the reasons i was like man i wish i had gone because just like when i went to the um counseling conference like you were able to feel it out to see if like was is counseling something that i want to try or get into i want to do the same with bam too like man is this something that god placed in my heart or is it just a fleeting desire right and so i wanted to kind of test it out but um that couldn't happen so quite yes. about. and i couldn't meet my team either so i have yeah. it was all like virtual meetings uh so wanted to meet them in person and greet them but didn't get to do that
0: but so it's okay do you, did it Is it rescheduled for a different time or is it just Mm -hmm. canceled for now? It's,
1: it was, it is rescheduled for next, I think it's next April, 2020, uh, 2021. Um, and I don't know about it anymore. I Mm. actually, um, so they went through this process where they check in with each of the core team members to see if they were on board for the next year because that wasn't part of the contract and actually um, the decision that i had made was um, to not to continue Mm -hmm. um and so but i think the rest of the team are most of the rest of the team are still continuing and it was on track for 2021 but i don't know anymore because everything is very uncertain and because this is a global thing people are coming from everywhere Mm. um, all around the world so i I think it just makes it really difficult right now but yeah i don't know
0: (laughs) your decision not to continue was that just because of the uncertainty was it because of the pandemic or
1: Mm, no uh it was it was a really hard decision and what it came down to was um, just the, I felt like, cause this was such a big thing and a global thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I think the one way that God used this time when I was working together with them and serving alongside them was God really opened up my eyes, like the whole world to the whole world. Like there was a mm-hmm. big worldview and like a global mindset, which I hadn't seen before. But when you start working with people from, like, South Africa and people from, like, Japan and Canada, like, just different parts of the world, Mm -hmm. you have to, your eyes just begin to open because, yeah, yeah, we're all just culturally from different places and um, even time zone-wise, too, trying to, like, fit everything, um, try to find that one time that works for all of us. So um, there was a lot of hurdles like that, but I think through this time, um, like, I was able to see that global view um, that maybe God wanted to show me like God's, ha- God's heart is for the whole world, not just for USA, not just for mm. Georgia, not just for Swanee, Georgia, you know? Because I was yeah. just very like Atlanta, Georgia, Swanee, Georgia. My focus was very local, but I think he just gave me that, um, I guess, wide, um, wide angle. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that year was when God helped me to um, open my eyes up. But then I just felt like this shift into, okay, I see that my eyes have been open, but kind of let's, can we like pour that back out into a local setting? And so I just felt God just pointing me more towards the local church and specifically the church that I'm serving in right now currently. Mm -hmm. And so it is a lot of hours um, with uh, with the BAM team, working with them. Mm And um, I think he just wanted me to direct that to a uh, different, in a different way, and that gotcha. that is why. And it was it was hard. It was it felt almost like a breakup. Actually, I had to come to terms with like, oh, you know. And so something happened wow. in my heart <laughs> where I had to let 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 it go, right? Because mm. I didn't get to finish it like I thought I would, and I had to kind of stop midway. And I was like, that's not fair. But maybe. Maybe it is not the time this time. Maybe the time will come another time. So I just kind of let that up to God. So, gotcha. um, yeah. do,
0: do, do you still feel in your heart um, kind of a desire to go into business and like kingdom business and things like that?
1: Yes, that is still big. And uh, I think there's a lot of influence from my dad too because he's a business owner. So I've seen him mm-hmm. just hardworking um, and... Um, yeah, very diligent for all these decades, right? And um, yeah, and even with like my new role change in the past few months, I've entered into a more consulting role um, oh, okay. from a bit. So it's kind of in that business part of the business that I get to see. So I don't know. I, I've been telling people this, like at the end of the day, I think I'll just be some sort of a coach whatever Mm -hmm. that coach, whether it be like a life coach or even a health coach, because I'm into health and fitness. I don't know, but I think something like that. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. Because I
0: I know my wife talks to you a lot about soft tea. Oh
1: my goodness, yes.
0: (laughs) There was even uh, one event where you came out and you helped run the the pop-up stand.
1: Yeah, that was was a lot of fun. (laughs) And I hope to (laughs) help out again when we can. Um, But yeah, I... Think this that's what I really appreciate about um, Shirley and our, mm-hmm. and our relation our friendship is mm-hmm. I, we share a lot of this uh, like just a lot of common ground um, mm-hmm. and business is one of them and I think what I really appreciate about that time period when um, softie was just um, in in the work in the works
2: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, just seeing how it was done from like step one to step whatever it is now. Yeah. Actually coming to life. Because I think for me, it's just still a thought. It hasn't gone anywhere yet. But I always, through Shirley, I always see it happen, like coming to life. And the coolest part is I see the way that God works in that too. Mm -hmm. And when she shares, I'm always super blessed. And I'm like, asking her question, like, how did that happen? And, you know, just, you know, just there's this back and forth. And because we worked in the same area, in Alpharetta, so we would yeah. have these, like, lunches um, almost every week, I think, once a week. Which, yeah, there was this consistency in that relationship, and especially when soft tea was happening. Um, so I think, yeah, I feel like it surely lives out, actually. And I was able to see that on the side mm-hmm. and support yeah. her and like i was on the sideline like rooting for her and and so yeah when she invites me out to help out with soft Tea, i'm like yes i want to help <laughs> invite <laughs> me please <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's so good yeah
0: <laughs> i i think um you guys like you in your supporting role of softy you kind of live out kind of both your business uh part of your heart and also the counseling part of your heart as well because every time uh, shirley comes home from one of the lunches with you she's always mm. like oh like it was such a good talk like we had uh, such a good conversation uh, and she's always really encouraged uh, um so yeah i, I think yeah yeah, for sure so i think you might be right you might be onto something with um, like some sort of coaching um mm. role maybe in your future maybe that that might be something uh that you'll you'll get into because I, you're, you're kind of a unofficial, from, at least from what I can see, you're kind of an unofficial coach for, for my wife. So. Oh
1: my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. and
0: then I think that's a good segue into uh, next, the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is the, is it the voicemail project?
1: Yeah, I guess official is the voicemail project and we had Mm. to add the ATL because it was taken, the voicemail (laughs) project. So we had to add the ATL in. But yeah, voicemail, the voicemail project. Um, Man, that's just very fresh. It just, Mm. um, I guess for folks um, who don't know what the voicemail project is, it's just a place where, uh, just like what a voicemail is. Uh, when you record a voice, you, when you leave a voicemail to someone. I think that we take that same concept, but we um, translate it into more of a Bible verse where you can um, speak a Bible verse and then record it and then um, send it to someone. So that's the theme that we were going with. and And we have a Uh, I guess, a public platform where people can come and take a listen to those. And it's specifically dedicated to someone. I think that's the important part, that Mm. it was for or to someone. It's not just, um, it's not random, I guess. It is very intentional and it's a specifically picked out verse for someone. Um, And yeah. And it's,
0: it's, uh, it's your platform that you use mostly is Instagram, right?
1: instagram um just because i feel like that's the easiest way to stay in contact with people and communicate and um and then website we do have just a a free wix website that we're working on um that's been a journey too because none of us oh lydia lydia is my friend who we've been um working on this project together and yeah she and i we don't really have much website building experience so we're just using um the free features of wix to Mm -hmm. you know there's templates and you can just click buttons and mess around and figure it out but even then we still don't know what we're doing we're just kind of putting (laughs) it so we're gonna have to get some feedback from people um Mm -hmm. once it's a little bit more completed
0: so I i know you guys um release a voicemail every monday at 12 Mm-hmm. you guys just released your first one mm-hmm. um and i know it's direct the person that is addressed to is mariah
2: mm-hmm.
0: right so what's the backs like the backstory? there is like what's the relationship between the the person speaking mm-hmm. and and the person that he's addressing it to
1: oh okay so yeah our first um i guess release was um we had one name so far and it's mariah and Mariah is she's actually one, about to be one year old soon or I think she's like eight or nine months right now, so she's a baby
2: okay. and
1: this is this specific um bible verse was from her dad speaking to her um baby girl oh, wow. yeah first child, and mm. so that's very special and i mm. think um I think it was a good good first one too, to kind yeah. of set the tone and um just to share it with everyone um but i did want to share a little bit of how this voicemail project came about yeah for sure it was not like something we sat hard and uh, sat down and um brainstormed for hours and it's like oh the voicemail it wasn't like that it was just i was over at um lydia's place i was having dinner with um her family too and and, we're, and then she has a voice like recording studio that she made. It was just a closet and she wrapped it up with, um, I think they're like blankets where it's supposed to dampen the, the sound. So there's mm-hmm. no echoing or bouncing around. And she had her mic and everything set up. She's into voiceover. My friend Lydia, she is into voiceover. She actually took a class or two on voiceover, and she was just showing me how to do it. So we were just playing around for fun. And then, and then she had me like, record my voice and wear headphones. And she just said, hey, um, you want to record a Bible first? And so I was like, okay, um, pick one. And I was like, okay, um, Psalm 23, because that was something that I was reading at the time. I was like, okay, let's do Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. And so I started recording that. And then she just started like um, leading me into like, um, just like, I guess, she, cause at first I was just reading, but she wanted me to be more um, invested or into the reading. So it's not just reading. So she started saying like, read it to someone. And then she was like, think, like a, think of it as like, you're in this place, you know, in a room or something like that. And so when she started giving me more of these scenarios, the, the verse, Psalm, Psalm twenty three the Lord is my shepherd, it started coming more real and more alive. And so you experience something special as you're reading God's word like that. And, and I think she and I both felt something at that moment and we're like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then it just kind of blew up like this. And then as I was driving back home, um, I was like, okay, what do we call this? And then I think a series of thoughts. I was like, oh my gosh, voicemail. you know and voicemail is like something that people are familiar with you know it's a common term and so there's just like a more um i guess meaning or purpose behind voicemail and so that's kind of how it birthed and after that we just met up a few times to um think through do like a whiteboard session and maybe like a month after it just happened to launch like that so very quick. It was a quick process. This one yeah. went really fast. I don't know if it's because we had more time on our hands, just because <laughs> there's not. We're so limited in what we could do. We could do now. Yeah. So yeah, we spent some hours together, and it is what it is now. Uh, so uh, every day, every Monday at twelve p.m., like you said.
0: So, um, what do you hope that? So, what is the? If you had to state the purpose. A voicemail mm-hmm. what would the purpose be is it to inspire is oh, it to encourage
2: yeah.
1: it's i think it's um, there's it's a two-part thing it's first the person who is um sending or the person who is recording the voicemail mm. that they would our hope is that they would experience some intimacy with god's word as they were recording mm. and then on the receiving end yeah that they would be and um encouraged that they would feel empowered and strengthened so yeah there's the encouragement aspect so both Mm -hmm. ways for the person who is sending and receiving it's a two twofold thing
0: gotcha and so these recordings do you just kind of reach out to people to Mm -hmm. like how does that process work or do people reach out to you
1: yeah so in the early like currently right now we are reaching out to people Mm -hmm. but with the uh, website. there's going to be a form where you can fill out if you wish to do so. Mm.
2: Uh, so
1: hopefully uh, right now it's more of we're reaching out to people and specifically people that we know of and are close to because it requires like coming over to someone's house. And so there's a right. lot of like sensitivity around that right now, but um, yeah. hopefully like going forward uh, when it becomes a little bit more loose um there will just be an online sign up where they can RSVP and make a time to come and, um, record a voicemail, um, at their own will. So oh, it's, gotcha. it's very informal now and we're trying to build a process so that, um, people can, um, if they want to, they can just go online themselves and then fill something out and then we'll reach out to them. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I see. Cool. Mm-hmm.
0: So the Instagram handle is the voicemail right?
1: Without the dot.
0: Oh, without the dot. Yeah. Okay. The Voicemail Project ATL. Yeah. Will, um, do you have a URL for the website yet? or are you still No,
1: working on we are working on that. And mm-hmm. um, we will probably have some sort of a video to explain that as well. And we're we're working on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, and by the way, on the um, Instagram page, mm-hmm. there is already kind of an introductory video of you and Lydia explaining what the voicemail project Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. so guys um if you guys are if this has piqued your curiosity you guys (laughs) should definitely go and check it out yeah so is a is a plan to just kind of keep keep it going weekly for as you know as long as you guys can or do you guys have like a end date that you're thinking about or
1: no end date. it's it's open-ended um we don't have a goal for this we're not Mm. trying to monetize it or anything um we haven't really put much we haven't put much money into any just building it's just all on a free platform Mm -hmm. um so we don't know where this is headed uh i think it's just a fun way to um inspire and encourage our community for now Mm. and if it does um go big or if, if, if it becomes more if people start sharing and again these names they can be shared to other people with the name Moriah for example right. so there is no goal that we've set we are just riding the wave right now and if God wants to fully bless it then yes we will take on that mm-hmm. um, but if not then we're okay if it just kind of remains within our community right here yeah yeah
0: so like one of the things that I didn't know about the voicemail project um, mm-hmm. before we I talked to you is the aspect of kind of being in a different headspace in reading God's word and mm-hmm. kind of experiencing it, even if it's a verse that you might already know, mm-hmm. experiencing it in a new and fresh way. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that part is really cool. Mm. That's...
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah. And that's very interesting. Yeah, and even for as we are guiding the person who is recording, because we are, it's not just the one take. I think there's like five to seven takes, and each Mm -hmm. take feels different because there's another element added to it. And so I think that's something that the person who is recording and then the person who is guiding that person uh, will experience together as they're doing that. Um, So. It's it's quite a moment, I think. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't take too long, but yeah, there's something that goes on there.
0: Um, yeah, I'm sure it was really special for uh, your first, I guess, guest or your first sender mm-hmm. um, being able to read out that passage for his daughter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a, so
0: as a relatively new father myself that yeah even just that thought makes me emotional
1: yeah i mean maybe um when in time that we can have you and shirley come over oh, yeah, that would and be fine. um do something too that'd be great yeah
0: yeah awesome well um yeah we're, we're just at the hour mark um is there anything that that we missed or that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to
1: I don't think so. I, I honestly don't know what we just talked about. i was just going with um, whatever um, David was, what whatever you were um, asking me, mm-hmm. and I think it helped. I think in the, in the beginning I was a little bit nervous, so I think I was a little bit rambling. But I think towards the end I was like able to relax, so <laughs> a lot more calmer now. But um, yeah, this good. was this was so good. Thank you, David.
0: Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. So no, I mean thank you for sharing your story because. I think one of the big te- takeaways that we can get from your story is um, just because the word that Shirley uses to describe you is very chill, <laughs> very kind of go with the flow, very chill. No way. Uh, but I'm realizing that you even apply that to your relationship with God. Like you like you are open to receiving his correction, course correction, and you're open to going with the flow that God sets that's before you so i think that's something that's um, a challenge for a lot of people me included Um, it's it's not always easy to take your hands off the steering wheel right to allow god Mm -hmm. to because one one of the things that shocked me was when you said that you just pray every at the beginning of every semester for your christian counseling Mm. courses Mm -hmm. to see whether or not you would do it Mm -hmm. i don't like that would be very difficult for me it would give me anxiety yeah to not have control over my schedule like that yeah um but but i think that's um yeah that's a really good takeaway um for me personally at least
1: yeah i mean thank you i think when i am just thinking back in my life because you don't i feel like i'm being reminded and you don't really do that often right you're just kind of looking at present day or future but Mm. when you think back and see all the different things that you've walked through all the different um life things that occurred along the way um you see and realize more of his footprints all over and i'm Mm -hmm. like (laughs) uh, i'm just really blessed just having this conversation and being able to think back to those days so thank you
0: yeah 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 well guys um if anything we talked about um got you curious um any other things that lydia or i'm sorry lydia any other things that suji's been doing uh, uh, is interesting to you if you have any questions or feedback, please uh, reach out at IHTHTPodcast at gmail.com. That's I Hope They Hear This abbreviated. Or on Instagram at I Hope They Hear This or on Twitter at podcast. Make sure to go follow The Voicemail Project ATL to uh, res- to get to see uh, a new voicemail every Monday at 12. And uh, Suji, thank you so much for being on. And uh, it was a pleasure. And for all the listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, We'll talk to you guys next time.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Bye.